0: What's up, it's JJ, and you're listening to FPFO, presented by the G2S Network. This is just how I'm feeling, bro. So don't judge me. All
1: right. <laughs> what is this, bro? It's
0: a horror shoot, a classic. <laughs> Yo, I don't even, like, I feel like I'm off, but it's okay. It's probably just that okay
1: want to go up somewhere?
0: Nah, uh, not really. I think I'm straight. Welcome to FPFO. Welcome to your life. That's that shit. You <laughs> see? Yeah, that's that shit. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay, well, I'm going to let it rock for a little second.
1: <laughs> Again, welcome to FPFO. I'm your host, JJ. I'm your co-host, Tens. Welcome back.
0: Yeah, man, listen. It's a lot of... It's a lot... It's a whole bunch of nothing going on. Like... This is the award show, so we're we're, going to keep it awards. Um, But it's a lot of nothing going on. Like, that's (laughs) what it feels like to me, like, honestly. I'll just be honest, but I'm not here to, you know, be angry, JJ, or nothing like that. We're just going to come in. Again, this is our award show. So something, a reflective moment. I mean, I would love to not even be doing this right now. I would love to be looking at... Going into the NFC Championship game and previewing that. But you know. Scott, Dave, they have other plans this year. But I'm not even like
1: not I'm not even on that type
0: of energy. This is just our award show, so that's what we're here to do today. Um
1: so you like it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a different vibe. I don't know if I like it. Like this, this wouldn't be the type that I'd be like, what's the name of this?
0: You know? <laughs> but this is a classic track, though. It's a classic. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: I it's, guess
0: it's like no mind. no mind, no mind. When
1: I seen like, the cover of it, I was like,
0: "But mm. you thought it was about to be some sh- some hard shit? No. Oh.
1: <laughs> I knew it was gonna be some bullshit oh, when I seen the cover. Word.
0: Uh. So yeah, we are uh we're gonna do our awards today. And this is something that we said uh mentioned the last podcast episode that we did um that we were going to come in here and do I, again just want to kind of reflect on the season that we had take a look look at some guys specifically that you know didn't necessarily get the recognition in our opinion league league wide um oftentimes it seems like Panthers players are overlooked for sure um, to a certain to a certain extent I understand it um just solely based on the fact that We haven't been the most successful organization the last two decades or whatever may have you but in that same respect um it's kind of confusing at times and i really i really don't get it um just because when you look at the numbers and things of that nature guys on our guys on our roster really compete um to a to a high level and not only that compete to a level where they're in that upper echelon of players when you look at it statistically. So again, I don't really understand it, but this is kind of our way of, you know, giving the guys that recognition and what they deserve. So this is our team awards. Again, welcome back. Um, It's been a while. So if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel at the G2S Network, Um, catch us on all DSPs, Spotify, Apple, Rumble. Um, What's the other one? I don't even know, Uh, Anchor. All of those things. To, uh, tune in there um, again. Subscribe on Rumble as well. same thing at the G2S Network. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, at for Panthers fans only. Um, and yeah, so let's get it started. So this is uh, so this is this is how we're gonna do this. This is how we're gonna do this. Okay. First, first let me make sure my co-host is taken care of, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what what what's going on. Look, yeah. look at this.
1: Yeah, me neither.
0: Look at this. What does this say? Hold, hold, hold. One second. It says that you on it, bro. Look, look, look. Invited.
1: Yeah, but it's... it's oh, like, I got you, bro.
0: Yeah, I got
1: you, bro. Unless you got to go somewhere specifically to accept invites. It ain't um, usually been like that. Yeah, so. I know. That's
0: what That's what I know. I don't know why that happened. Um, But this is how we're going to go about it. So... You good enough? Yeah. All right, bet. So, I think that we're going to do... I would like to do it like we give our awards together, like if that makes sense. So, say like hypothetically I have rookie of the year up here on this list, um, and then you have rookie of the year as well, like if that makes sense. So, i go yeah. and then you go type shit.
1: Okay.
0: Um, And then like if some of them are the same, like if you have the same, if you feel like you have the same one, then... We'll just go go to the next one. Cool. Okay. Bad. Um, so that's where we're gonna start. I'll let you lead it off. Okay, with your rookie, with, who who your rookie of the year is.
1: Okay. I, I think for rookie of the year, like I, I think most people would would agree with this. Um, I have to go Ick. For sure. Uh he what do we draft him, eighth? Yes. Yeah, we drafted him with the with the eighth pick. Um it was a he came eighth pick out of N C State, so uh, hometown guy, um, came in. There was, a, there was a lot of knock on his um, his pass protection. Uh, he, he's really known for his run blocking, in which he, he was phenomenal this year. Um, but the big thing is, is he improved a lot on what the draft experts knocked him on, right. which I think was pretty big this year. Um, outside of a couple plays here and there, he had to face a tough matchup in Miles Garrett first week. He got beat on a couple plays, but other than that, I feel like he held his own in that game. And to me, I think that he was, if not the best, one of the best linemen this year as a rookie. Um, There can be arguments made for uh, Bradley Bozeman and and guys like that, but I mean, it just had a hell of a year personally. And so uh, to draft a rookie, to draft a player that high, that's expected to come in and perform straight off the bat and for him to exceed those expectations is something that any team will want and so i think that uh that's not that's not a draft pick that we reached on which feels really good to me um and he's been a very productive guy this year and so that's my rookie of the year
0: facts i agree um i have the same person uh only allowed six sacks and that may sound like a lot um to some people when you're comparing him to, you know, top tier talents, but when you look at a guy that hit that's his age, um, only allowing six sacks playing that tackle position, that's very, very difficult to do. Specifically with the matchups that he had this year. Because we like highlighting the Miles Garrett matchup, mm-hmm. but there were there were that wasn't the only one because he had to play Cam Jordan twice as well. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? So that um that in itself you know, it's commendable in my opinion. So where he can improve, in my opinion, though, is the penalties. That's yeah. something that I definitely, definitely need to see him do better at. Um, I was looking at it earlier. Thirteen total penalties from Ick this year. That's tied for first in the league. That is not gonna cut it. Yeah. That is not gonna cut it. And whoever the new coach may be, um, whether it be Steve Wilkes or, you know, one of the other candidates on the list, that's going to be, have to be something that's addressed because that's not going to get the job done. And at some point, again, this is just his rookie year, but at some point, okay, that's the baseline. So we definitely, definitely need to see improvement in that area.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that comes from uh lack of experience in on the NFL level. Like maybe more so of trying to do too much or just really trying to have more of an impact in the game than he realizes that he already has okay so a hold here and there because you really are trying to emphasize protecting your quarterback right um and things of that nature so i think it does come with um experience now if we happen to see the same thing next year yeah. then that's something that would we'll definitely have to dive a little more into and address but i mean i think that throughout work in the off season because I mean, the way you just pulled up those stats, the coaches are very well aware of that. For so sure, absolutely. I think that that's something that I would think that that's something that they would emphasize on in going into the off season. Yeah. So I, I hope not to see that problem next year, and I, I don't think that it will be that big of a problem, but we shall see. For sure.
0: Sure. So okay. So we're one. We're one for one. Okay. In agreeance But this is. I already know that this is when. This is when things take a turn, like for the absolute worst. And I think that we may have one more on this list that we agree on, and that's it. No cap. Yeah. Okay. But
1: we're gonna,
0: but we're gonna see. So I'm gonna start this one off. My defensive player of the year this year uh, is JC Horn. Mm. Um, I think that again, like we, like I opened, opened and saying. The recognition for Carolina Panthers players is just not there. I don't understand how J.C. Horn was not on the all-pro team. Yep. I don't understand how J.C. Horn was not selected to the Pro Bowl. I don't get it. I really, really don't. You Take a look at what this guy did and what he did even last year. Now, I know last year it was an extremely small sample size, but you look at this year, Um, he played, what, 15 games, I want to say? 15 games this year, only allowed 23 catches, which was the fewest in the NFL, only allowed uh, 216 yards, which was the fewest in the NFL, zero touchdowns, and a 39.4 passer rating, which was the lowest in the NFL. So, you know, <laughs> I, I again, I don't know where, you know, these 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 experts and all of these people that select these these teams and things of that nature the writer i don't know where they're looking because i know on that list there were names and i'm not even going to be on that energy but there were names in my opinion that jc horn is light years ahead of when it comes to technique when it comes to you know again the statistics don't lie he was uh the best in allowing catches, the best in yardage allowed, and the lowest passer rating. And by the way, didn't allow a touchdown. I mean, I don't, I don't see how he's not a top two, if not number one, realistically, cornerback in the NFL right now. I don't get it. Um, you know, a lot of I, I was on, I've been on Twitter all year. Again, we we know that on Twitter all year. And there's this thing with Patrick Sertain and you know J.C. Horn and those guys are bunched together because of the year that they were drafted and the positioning of them being drafted and things of that nature. But to me, J.C. Horn is a far better talent than, than Patrick Sertain, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's no real debate, in my opinion. Now, that could be biased, but I just feel as though if you turn on the tape and you look at the stat sheet, there's not really much that you can say. So that's who my, that's who my defensive player of the year is, J.C.
1: Horn. Okay, cool. So my defensive player of the year... Um, Uh, yeah, so it was a little debate like coming in here well, on the way here as I was thinking about it because like I I really want to give this to in my head I wanted to give it to three people I really I really (laughs) did but it's just no way you can do that and so my defensive player of the year goes to Frankie Lou
0: Uh, okay (laughs) man okay cool cool and,
1: and I say that because I mean the numbers he put up is like kind of not, I'm not going to say unheard of, but in a sense they are given the situation that he was in last year, given the situations that he's been in in previous years. Um, last year he played, a he played a significant role, but he wasn't a starter, but I think that everybody, uh, seen his energy coming in, um, and knew that this year he would be a starter. I don't think that I didn't necessarily expect this kind of year from him. Um, and then it ended up being a phenomenal a phenomenal year for him for him. And then he ended up being snubbed from the all pro list. I will say that. Embarrassing. And so just to read out his stats, um, he finished with hundred and eleven hundred and eleven tackles, nineteen TfLs, tackles for loss, if if you don't know that. Um seven sacks and two picks. And one was a pick six, I think. And so that that year that just those stats alone, outside of you just watching the game and just really seeing the kind of effort he puts in uh, game in and game out, I think that that warrants him to be the defensive player of the year. Um, although I did, uh, it was a toss-up between him, Brian Burns, and uh, J.C. Horn because I, I think all three of those guys play a very big role in our defense, are the best players on our defense. and um, But when you, just, when you just take into account the his past and how how much he has improved this year over the past couple of years um he kind of like took over that that leader role and that's something that we we didn't see from Shaq Thompson this year that we would we would have loved to see which Shaq Thompson didn't have a bad year according to numbers but if you sit down and watch the games like that's something that me and jj was on his ass a lot this year yeah for just sure just for like the lack of effort on a lot of plays um and which you didn't really get that from frankie which he missed a couple plays here and there um but who who hasn't and so right but i just think with the numbers um my defensive player of the year has to go to uh frankie Lubu.
0: cool <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm, I'm proud <laughs> and i and i know you didn't think that that was coming did you
0: nope i didn't <laughs> i did not i'm i'm proud of you look at look at Get us, man. So you on a Frankie hype train now?
1: I mean, I'm not... I wouldn't go get a jersey or nothing, but I mean, I, I would like to see Frankie in the Carolina uniform for a, a long time. I Fair would enough. say that.
0: Fair enough. Okay, cool. Um, So let's go to offensive player of the year. My offensive player of the year this year, is, and this is... I think that we may agree on this one, and this was the one that I said that maybe this one was going to be it, and maybe... Uh, second to last one, but we'll see. But my offensive player of the year this year is DJ Moore. Um, I think if you look at what this guy did with, you know, three quarterbacks, for one, just going all the way back to the beginning of the season, just really an offense that was bullshit, if we're being transparent, um, an offense that really could not move the football, uh, up with a quarterback that was was really mud no good really if we're just being completely honest like you know six went over and did whatever he did with la and did all of that stuff like i mean it was cute for the time being but again a a a guy that really at this point in his career is no longer an nfl talent in my opinion um and then he did it with a guy that you know we love pj walker well i'll speak for me i love pj walker i love his story um but but again another guy that is arguably not necessarily um an NFL talent, maybe a practice squad guy, if you, you know put them on a, place him on a different roster in a different city and things of that nature, really, I mean, a CFL-type guy, CFL-type quarterback with all due respect. I mean, um, so he did it with him, and then, again, we know the story about Sam Darnold, given I believe this was Sam Darnold's best year of his career, uh, just the way the comfort level that he played with, the way he was able to execute, uh, the way he protected the football given, you know, the Tampa Bay game or whatever may have you. But with him going through three quarterbacks um, and still, you know, putting up 888 yards, a career high in touchdowns, you know, didn't miss any. Did he miss a game? What did he, he miss one game?
1: Who, DJ? DJ, I, I don't think, know if
0: he missed one game, maybe. I
1: think he might have missed one. I Because
0: can... I know that Seattle game, he left early with the injury, but yeah. I'm not sure. Um, if he ever like had a dmp i don't th- yeah he had no dmp's this year so yeah. i mean that alone in my opinion speaks volumes a guy again you know if you know me personally terrence has spoken on this as well i've spoken about it on this podcast dj has not been my favorite player you know for the carolina panthers and that's saying it nicely you know i haven't really necessarily been a huge dj Moore fan but I will say I think that I saw a huge step in his maturity level this year. I think that again, when you're able to put up those stats—888 yards and seven touchdowns—with three different quarterbacks and a very, very subpar offense throughout the first six weeks of the, you know, of your schedule, I think, in my opinion, that speaks volumes to the talent that you are. And again, I think that what really made him grow on me and what really made him made me buy in. To, you know, the DJ Moore is like a true wide receiver one and DJ Moore is our guy, is the fact that he was able to overcome the adversity and take that step as a leader, in my opinion. He's not one of those guys that's going to be vocal. We know yeah. that. But I think that his, his play um, was a leader-like or a leader-level-like performance, so to speak. So that is my player of the year or my offensive player of the year, and I'm excited to see... Um, what we're what we're gonna see from DJ Moore in the in the future because you know we're we're we need a quarterback. So when you get a quarterback and you put that quarterback in that system, or we can get again, hypothetically we re-sign Sam Darnold, what a, a full year those two guys will look like should Sam Darnold continue to play the way we saw him play the last six, seven weeks of the season.
1: Yep. And yeah, with, with that being said, my offensive play of the year is going to deontay foreman um great p i think when you when you just like take into account his story um you go look into that like it's a great story um a lot of people didn't know who deontay foreman was and i think the reason that some people might have is because he was the backup to derrick henry when derrick henry went out for the year with that injury um, a lot of people was just taken by surprise being that tennessee had a backup running back who was kind of like the same build as Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. uh, looked alike in a sense as far as like the dreads and stuff like that. So that that's when like a lot of people found out about him. But I don't think people were really paying attention to it. Um, so we had signed him. Did we sign him in the offseason?
0: Yeah, we signed him, yeah, we signed him in the offseason.
1: Yeah, we signed him in the offseason. Um at that time we had Christian McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard, and he came in getting two attempts a game, two attempts the first game, two attempts the second game, one the third game, two the fourth game, and five the fifth game. And then after we got rid of C-Mac, he he took over that starting role. And so, and he came in and ran the ball like a true running back one. And so, and he ended the season with 914 yards on the ground um, and five touchdowns. And, like I said, I named out those numbers, those attempts he was getting the first couple of games, and for him to still be, uh, eighty, eighty some yards for cracking the mm-hmm. thousand yard mark, being that he did get ejected in the last game, just speaks a lot to what what he has brought to this team and to this offense. Um, and Steve Wilkes, when he came in as head coach, um, he said that we're we're going to be a run heavy offense, and That's the kind of offense that we're going to establish and that's the play style that we're going to run with going forward. And I don't think you can necessarily do that with any other guy outside of a Deontay Foreman, someone that, you know, you can give the ball to 20 times a game and who's going to run the ball hard. Who's going to pick up a lot of yards. Who's going to tire out defenses. And that's what Deontay Foreman came in and did. And so I think that he really changed the trajectory of the season of the team in the direction that they were heading outside of Steve Wilts coming in and doing a phenomenal job as interim head coach. Um, I just think Deontay Foreman came in and just really kicked the door down when he got that opportunity, because I mean, it would have been easy for us to get a job to Chuba Hubbard because Absolutely. he's been there two years. He was backing up Christian McCaffrey. So most would think you're running back one leaves, then you're running back two takes that place. But Deontay Foreman came in. I guess he he beat him out in practice. And then we we seen the evidence in the game. And so, yeah, with that being said, he's my offensive player of the year. Um, he had a hell of a season. And I the offseason is gonna look shaky this year, I feel like for a lot of positions. And so, but he's one of the guys that I hope we sign back. Um, I heard Scott Fitterer talking and he said that those were one of the he is one of the guys that they reached out to about a contract extension. Um, and those are one of the guys that he would like to have back as well. And so with some more preparation throughout the offseason, um fitting into the learning the offense a little more, um, having a full year full offseason to prepare uh for our offense. Um, I think he's gonna he's gonna do great next year if we continue to uh have him on the team. And so yeah, Deontay Foreman is my offensive player of the year.
0: Facts. I, I like that pick. That's a great pick. And like you said, um, I think the biggest supporting, you know, argument to that, like you said, is the fact that, I mean, throughout the first five games, the duo had less than 10 touches. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and, and the fact of the matter, or, or just the fact of that he was able to nearly crack a thousand yards with you know, only twelve games played. Really, like if we're just being honest, only twelve games played. Almost rushed for a thousand yards. That is, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, he he's a hell of a back. I think that um, if we're not able, you know, and I know one of the guys that we've been big on uh, off season wise is Tony Pollard. We saw him go down yesterday with you know a broken fibula. So if we're not able to make a, if we're not able to make that splash in the offseason – season. Then I think that I'm comfortable with Deontay Foreman coming back, you know, and and us giving it another shot with with that three back set, with that three back room, because that Deontay Foreman had a very very impressive year. Yeah, I agree. Sure. Um, this is when this is when shit gets fun. Uh, <laughs> this is when shit gets fun. So let's go here. Who is your most disappointing player this year?
1: Um, most disappointing player. I mean that can go to uh like cuz I want to make sure that is it a like I want to get the criteria right mm-hmm. because I I can give it to a few people. Okay. Is it would it be most disappointing if we expected them to have these certain expectations to to yes. play like a certain player and we expected a certain level of play out of them? Yes. Or Okay. Yes, so
0: it's a it, it's it's a it's definitely a subjective award. I think all of them are, but this one more so than any because you can almost go by any criteria you criteria you want to. Um, but I think that that's a good baseline of what I meant when I said most disappointing.
1: Yes. Okay. I would say it, going off of that, um, I think I would have to go Derek Brown. Wow. Okay. I think I would have to go Derek Brown. Okay. Um and Derek Brown is a hell of a player. Um, He's a player that, you know, I will want in a Carolina uniform for a long time to come. Um, I think that he is a future star in this league, and it might sound like I'm I'm contradicting my statement, but he had a hell of a season going forward, well, the start of the season. Mm -hmm. I think he played great the start of the season, um, and then he just kind of fell off. Uh, It it was a point where we we needed the most out of our defense, and we just wasn't getting that up front with the defensive line. So, I mean, that blame goes around to a lot of guys. But when you're a star caliber player like Derrick Brown, I just think that, you know, you can't have that, that start of the season where you're going crazy and then it just kind of falls off when we need you the most. Yeah. And so that would be my most disappointing player. Um, I, I could have went C.J. Henderson or I could have went a Keith Taylor, but... Did I really expect anything out of them? No, because I I didn't really expect them to be on the field, um, so I can't really I can't really go there. But I will say I did expect more out of um, out of Derek Brown uh, towards the middle to the end of the year. And JJ came in and made that Aaron Donald comparison, and so <laughs> I mean that was I, absolutely blasphemous. Yeah, and, and I think that that got a lot of people a lot of people talking or a lot of people thinking and I'm in one of those uh, I'm in that category and so <laughs> when, when you come out and make <laughs> and make those kind of statements like now I got to watch you and so and now and I didn't I didn't see that like at the beginning of the year okay like yeah that was all nice and dandy but towards the end of the year or middle of the year then I just needed to see more and it just wasn't there and so I would say he's the he was the most disappointing player for me
0: cool I'm I'm not mad at that. Um I did make that statement. I can come in here and tell you in hindsight that was absolutely ridiculous for me to say. Um though he was your uh, most disappointing, I will say it was good to see him improve. He did get involved with a you know a, on a lot more plays or whatever, but I do agree with you. He he was one of those guys that later on down the stretch in the season when we needed a big play from just somebody when we needed energy Derrick Brown was MIA. Yeah. Derrick Brown was MIA. I was just looking at his stat uh at his stat sheet. There was a couple of games um where he I mean just one tackle. Just one tackle to me as a defensive tackle that just can't be the case. I mean, take a look here and it happened consecutively. We played against Baltimore a run-heavy team, yeah. you know, to me, there's no way you only get one tackle. To me, that's a lack of effort. I'll be honest. Now, I know that you can scheme and you can do all of this, but I think that people were way more concerned with scheming against Brian Burns than they were with Derrick Brown. So seeing that one against Baltimore in a run-heavy offense, that doesn't get the job done.
1: When they only put up 13 points.
0: When they only put up 13 points in that same breath. Exactly. Yeah um had a one against denver had a one against seattle had a one against detroit um so i i I can understand and see where you're coming from with that being your most disappointing i'm not mad at that at all uh for me mine is cj henderson i know that you, you you said that you know you wasn't really expecting him to be on the field um and i guess i could second that to a certain degree um But like in that same breath, I kind of was expecting him to be on on the field Mm -hmm. a good amount because I thought we were going to use him as our nickel, um, in in those three defensive back sets, kind of. So with him having the year that he had, to me, I I, I'm extremely disappointed. I'll be honest. You know, we brought him in last year, played ten games with us, then had a full season this year. You know, had a huge opportunity, really. In my opinion, CJ Henderson could have changed the trajectory of his NFL career with this season. For sure. We had JC Horn go down. Now given that was towards the end of the year. Um, but Dante Jackson earlier in the season. So you have the opportunity to become, you know, a a, a top level cornerback too. You know, because CJ Henderson was drafted hot. Let, let me see what his draft
1: is. I think was. he was drafted ninth. I want to say he was drafted. And I think that's right. That's what I had
0: in my brain, but I didn't want to say it without confirmation. So, you know, he got drafted by Jacksonville. Things didn't pan out there. We took a chance on him last year. Didn't really see much, but, it, you know, it it left you hopeful to a certain degree because you know what the experts and things of that nature um, had him ranked at or where they had him ranked at coming into, you know, his NFL career, to start his NFL career. Um, and then you thought maybe you know with the system like we play that we play uh, with a with a guy like Steve Wilkes that has influence over you know how his technique is managed and things of that nature, what defense is being run, etc. Um, I, I I personally was looking from a looking for a big leap from C.J. Henderson, and that just simply did not happen. Again, he had the opportunity; it was right within reach, in my opinion. You had Dante Jackson go down. You were the next man up, and he simply just did not get the job done, which is unfortunate. Um, From a from a from a fan standpoint and a personal standpoint for him, because really, I I, I personally don't know where CJ Henderson goes after this. Um, I do believe that CJ Henderson is an NFL talent. I don't think he, you know, I know we've been emotional in saying different on this show. But when you calm down, when you take all the emotions away, and you just look at the the player and you look at the film, I still believe C.J. Henderson is a is a, uh, a NFL talent. But I think it's going to be very hard for him to to wipe this stain off of his off of his resume. I'll be honest, because this year to me was very very disappointing, uh, and I was expecting a lot more.
1: Yeah, because I mean he did have a, a few big games this year where he caught a few picks and things of that nature. So there was flashes of him, like that he can be a CB two. He can be a CB three. So I mean, like like you said, I don't disagree that he can uh, still play in the NFL because I think he can. But I mean, at a certain point, it's just like you were drafted ninth. You, I mean, you got traded then after like nine games or something like that, and so at that point you're just underperforming, like and it. When i say this i don't mean to be harsh but in a sense you've been disappointing your whole career yeah and so and that's just a that's just the fact of the matter like if you go and look at where he was drafted and where he is now to where he was competing for a cornerback a three spot on our team mm-hmm. i mean it, it's just it's just not good enough honestly but he did have a few good games this year but it just wasn't good enough yeah so i agree with that for sure for sure
0: um moving on who is your most improved player?
1: Most improved player. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I I didn't really have a like a lot of time to um <laughs> Yeah,
0: I kind of threw you to on think the spot of, for that to line. think
1: about this. But uh my most improved player would have to go to Terrence Marshall.
0: Mm, okay.
1: And that's because um he got a bad rap from Matt Rule. He did. And we know Matt Rule is no longer the coach here, thank God. Um, But, yeah, Matt Rule completely shitted on him, made it seem like he didn't know how to play, um, and just made it seem like he just wasn't cut out to be what he is. But Terrence Marshall, it was a lot of games where he was the only bright spot in the game as far as the receiving core goes. Um, He made a lot of big plays this year, and I think he improved a lot from last year, not really being, being on the field. Um, and Steve Wilkes gave him that opportunity and he made the most of it in my opinion. And so, yeah, my most improved would have to go to Terrence Marshall Jr. I think with a little more development, um, uh, and just knowing that he has a prominent role on the team, then I just think the sky is the limit for him. And I think that Although I want us to go get another receiver, if we don't, then I think that after a, a off season of training, continuing to get better, I'm okay with him being our wide receiver too. Fair. Yeah, I, th- I think I can see that happening if if he improves throughout the off season. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I and I think for me personally, I think that there's no way for no way nowhere else for him to go but up. Yeah. Because we you just touched on the previous regime and you know their approach with him. Yeah, in my opinion, he never had a fair shot. I don't really know what you know was going on behind closed doors um, with that whole Matt Rule and Terrence Marshall situation. I don't know, but it, again, it just seems like he was never given a fair shot. He was drafted last year, came in, only had seventeen catches this year. Um, you know, we saw a slight improvement with twenty-eight catches. Um, he did have four hundred and ninety yards and a touchdown, um, but I but I am interested to see. Um, what he's able to do, like you said, with the full offseason, what we perceive now to be a fair chance to compete for that wide receiver two role uh, and, and another year of understanding the offense uh, or, you know, uh, just a full offseason of understanding the offense and, like you said, how he fits in and things of that nature. So I, I like that pick. I like that pick. Like you said, he did come up with a couple of big-time plays, Um the most recent, in my opinion, being the Detroit against the Detroit Lions with that crazy catch that he made over yeah. the defensive back. Uh, so I'm interested to see. I'm yeah. interested to see. Uh, for me, mine is going to be Miles Hartsfield, okay. um, and I say that like a smaller sample size because typically I would assume when you hear "most improved" and you hear that award, you're thinking from last year that this uh, from last year to this year. Um, but for me, this was this was a thing that. I saw Miles Hartfield get substantially better um, throughout the season. I know when you know Miles Hartfield earlier in the season when he first stepped on the field for the Carolina Panthers. Me and you both were not happy and not happy, <laughs> but yeah. as time went on, he showed significant progress and he 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 made leaps and bounds in my opinion. Um, so my award for that specific category is going to go to Miles Hartsfield. I'm interested to see um where I don't know what his contract is. Um I would assume just given the given the circumstances if he is a free agent this year, I would assume that he wouldn't necessarily be a priority and I don't mean to say that, you know, I'm not trying to be an asshole about it or anything like that, but if you look at our roster and the things that, you know, we need to address and his performance, I'm not sure If that is the case that he's going to be a priority, but I'm interested to see where his career takes him. I am. Um, Let's see. And he, he does have um, another year on his rookie contract. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm interested to see again, another guy that was kind of put in a tough predicament due to injuries um, and and had to learn on the fly to a certain degree.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Uh, A younger guy. Again, lot of change it's hard to really judge in my opinion it's hard to judge this season based on the amount of turnover that we had you know based on the situation it, it's a lot uh a lot of negative that was into the uh, outside things that were went into this season that guys had to overcome um so it, it's admirable but at the same time it's like it's hard to really judge because I need to see what you're gonna look like with the competent coaching staff and somebody that's coming in with a clean slate, or maybe not even necessarily a clean sl- slate, should it be Steve Wilkes, but a guy that has a clear direction and what he wants to do um, and that demands respect. So my most improved is gonna be Miles Hartsfield. Um special team or special teams player of the year. To me, there's only two answers to this, but I'll let you go first. This yeah. one was kind of like I just threw this one in here, but I was interested to see what you were gonna say.
1: Um, I Yeah, I, I say it can be two answers, but to me it's, it's one, um, which is Sam Franklin. Yeah. Uh, I think that me and J.J. have came in and just talked a lot about his improvement. Um, really, J.J. brought it to my attention. Uh, but if, if you go look like any special teams play, like Sam Franklin is usually the first one down the field on punt, uh, usually in the tackles on kickoff. And so... I just feel like he, he just plays with a lot of energy. Um, and if nobody else will, he'll go down the field and hit you. For sure. And so that's what I like about Sam Franklin. Like, he, he's not scared to to be that aggressor. He's not scared to, to take that penalty. But he, he's really a player that just goes on the field and just plays hard. And even though, like, a lot of people don't value special teams as something that's like really significant, but I I think it can be hard on a player to want to be a starter on the field, want to be a starter in the secondary, but he really takes pride in his role on special teams. And I think that the team notices, the players notice, and even the fans notice if you watch the games closely. And so I, I think that special teams would not have, like at the beginning of the season, special teams looked a little shaky. We came in here, shitting on special teams just because we felt like it was a lack of effort people wasn't really putting in a lot of effort but as sam franklin started to get rolling and which i think he was doing that at the start of the season but once he got the players behind him and players could see that you know this guy's giving a hundred percent every snap every snap he's on special teams he's not taking that for granted and i think that once the players Alongside of him Start to buy in Special teams start To look significantly Better throughout the year And so And I think That credit has to go To Sam Franklin Yeah so He's my special teams player
0: <clears throat> I agree I agree Sam Franklin is Sam Franklin is, If you remember Probably two weeks ago I want to say Either two or three weeks ago We were talking about Different off season scenarios It was probably Two weeks ago mm-hmm. um, Our last episode um, Actually no It was three weeks ago But Irregardless, Sam Franklin is one of those guys, to me, he, he, he's like Frankie Luvu mm. in the sense that he's a special teams guy. And this is why I brought up that scenario when I was asking you, what should we do at safety? Should we move Jeremy Chin back down, or should, you know, things would have to happen yeah. um, in order for, for Sam Franklin to get his shot, in my opinion. But this is why I asked that because Frankie Louvu was the same way yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A guy that every single special team's play, he's around the football, mm-hmm. seems to be the first one down the field, seems to be, you know, not really caring about the penalties, um, <clears throat> just trying to give his team a spark in any way he can and just playing with 110% effort. So that's why I posed that question. Would you be fine or would you be willing to give Sam Franklin a shot in that role just based on what you've seen, special teams wise, because I think that your effort speaks to a speaks a lot to the player that you are and the player that you can be. Yeah. Um. So I I I would agree with that. Uh, I was at a crossroads for me personally. I was at a crossroads um, because I think that we were very very tough on Eddie Panera,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, very very tough on him due to the situation that we felt. You know, he put us in, in the Atlanta game, which to me, transparently, I still feel the same way, but the way he bounced back, you know, the way he shook back it, it is very, very commendable. And I would say, <clears throat> I would challenge you to just go look at Brett Maher and the way he completely broke down two weeks ago, missing what, four or five yeah. PATs? And then even yesterday in the game against the San Francisco 49ers, or two days when you guys hear this, um, even the the PAT that he had that was blocked, I think Greg Olson did a phenomenal job in breaking down that kick and showing that even if that one wasn't blocked, he was going to miss that one as well. So I think that, you know, the way Eddie Pinero was able to take that, you know, take that blame, do whatever, hear all of the outside noise mm-hmm. and bounce back and have the rest the, the rest of the season that he did with, you know, not missing any more field goals. Very, 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 very impressive. Um, and, and the Carolina Panthers front office will have a decision to make, in my opinion, come next year because, again, like you've mentioned and like I've mentioned on this podcast, we still do have Zane Gonzalez's roster. Yeah. And I think that you're, I think Eddie Panera made it extremely difficult to, Just for you to to disregard him, yeah, I really do. Um, I have his stats pulled up here. Ninety four percent from uh uh ninety four percent just field goals in general. So that number is number six in the league. PAT ninety three point eight, and that came from uh obviously the Atlanta game. Uh, so I don't really necessarily hold that against him any more than than I've already voiced on this you know on this uh on this podcast already so that in itself again put him at 29th so not the best in that department but again 6th overall uh just from field goals in general not extra points uh his longest was 54 Tied for 23rd so again not a huge huge leg yeah. but consistent <clears throat> but consistent and he accounted for 129 points which also put him tied for 6th in the NFL so Eddie Panero made it very, very hard for me. Ultimately, I landed on the same guy as Sam Franklin, but I, I felt as though we would be doing ourselves and Eddie a disservice if we didn't acknowledge, you know, his play this year because we were very, very tough on him uh, after that Atlanta game, for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Eddie, he played great. He responded great after that game. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely, I definitely see him as an honorable mention. I was also thinking of Johnny Hecker as well. Absolutely. Because he, he was been a great addition to our team. I think that's another guy that got snubbed from the Pro Bowl, from All-Pro. I don't think he made an All-Pro list. Nope. But he just put the defense in a phenomenal position. Yes. Um, he did that year in. I mean, he did that game in and game out. Just uh, really allowed the defense to play with a whole field. Um, and I think that if you go back and look at our kickers from the past, like, that's something that we didn't really we didn't really get from them. And yep. so I think when you can when you have a kicker like Johnny Hecker who can pin a team within the 5, 10, 20 ten, twenty-yard line, that that's gonna go a long way throughout the game. Um that's gonna, you know, put more trust in your coaches to punt the ball because you know that your defense your punter is gonna put you in a great position for your defense to come out and have the whole field behind them and more opportunities to get off the field. And so that's why uh, I think Johnny, uh, Johnny Hecker would have been up there as one of my special teams players of the year. But, uh, yeah, I had to roll with Sam Franklin and then Eddie Panera as well. So,
0: Facts. Um. So we got we got two more. We got two more. We'll save MVP for last. Okay. Because I'm interested. To, I, I think that I know where you're going to go, but I'm, I'll, I'm interested to hear your support and details, so to speak. Like I said, I feel like I know where you're gonna go, but you surprised me already on this list. So yeah, we'll see. Um, best coaching job. Uh, <clears throat> go ahead, go ahead. I,
1: I, I would <laughs> you think <seen laughs> eager. you
0: see eager. So go ahead. No,
1: I, I would think that that would have to go to Steve Wilkes. Um, he really turned the whole organization around this year. Um, came in, we had a one and five record. Ended the season, he went five hundred. Um, had the team in, in the position to make the playoffs. Um, there was a little bit of inconsistency throughout the season. But I mean, I don't think that's something that we can necessarily hold him to the fire for. Yes, you want to see him be more aggressive in certain situations. You want to see him uh when you have opportunities to win the game, you wanna see the coach who's gonna take the chances. Um, but I, I think that he he really turned the whole organization around and that's what has put the organization in the bond now of trying to find a head coach. Um Which I really, I don't get our, I guess our thinking behind interviewing all of these head coaches, but we won't get into that right now. But I think that Steve Wilkes will make a great head coach for a lot of teams in this league. Um, He had the players bought in, he had the fans bought in. um, He had, like I said, he had us a chance, he gave us a chance to potentially make the playoffs um, and the organization was behind him. And so for a coach to come in under those circumstances, um, and to be, he's having people in his ear in the front office about tanking and things like that, but him just taking things into his own hands and just being like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go and win football games. And being that he went and done that, um, in just the position that he had the team in, I just think that the, the best coaching job has to go to, uh, Steve Wilkes and which, I, my honorable mention would have been Ben McAdoo mm-hmm. as much as I, I shitted on the guy and really still not really all bought in on him as well. But I think that he did a phenomenal job as well down the stretch, which I think that Steve Wiltz did play a big part in that as well. But to have most of the coaching staff leave or fired and then him being the odd one out and we keeping him. Mm-hmm. and Because I was under the impression that like if, Matt Rule got fired that his coordinator would go with him and be in McAdoo yeah. instead of Phil Snow. But, I mean, I think he did a phenomenal job calling plays down the stretch. Uh, but, yeah, all in all, the the coaching job of the year has to go to Steve Wilkes. And I think that um, if he had a whole season to to work with the team, then we would have been in the playoffs. And I think that if that would have happened, then he would have also been in the conversation for Coach of the Year as well, and yeah. I, I've also seen like some analysts and stuff say that you know he still has to get consideration for that, even though our record doesn't show that. But given the situation that he was in, then I mean that's just a the matter of the fact that you know he did a phenomenal job this year with the uh, with the team, and so that's my Coach of the Year.
0: Facts. <clears throat> that um, yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> um. I agree with everything that you said. I think that he should be up for, I think that he should be in the conversation for Coach of the Year. Now, do I think he deserves to get it? No. Only because, you know, we're giving this guy a lot of credit. And I say that being a huge Steve Wilkes fan, but he did did come in, he only went six and six. Um, But I think that the reason why we put a lot of, you know, admiration on his name is simply based on the fact that he rejuvenated the city, it seems. Yeah. He rejuvenated the fan base. He rejuvenated the team. So when you look at look at that, you look at where we were and the feeling that I know that me and you both had, um, you look at all of those things and take those into consideration. Steve Wilkes is a hell of a coach. Yeah. Steve Wilkes is a hell of a coach. That's not, that to me is undisputable. I'll say that. Um, my coach of the year is James Camping, who is the offensive line coach. And the reason why he gets my award for that category is because, for one, the offensive line was a, has been a huge problem for the Carolina Panthers for the past decade, a decade and a half. For sure. <clears throat> um, and when you look at this team and this season as a whole, the offensive line really has has been or was the most consistent part about this team even with, you know, the different quarterbacks that came in, Christian McCaffrey leaving or being traded away, however you want to say it, the offensive line <clears throat> never wavered and remained the same, and I think that speaks to to, to their coach. Um, you know, we brought in a couple of different pieces, moved a couple of guys around here and there. Ultimately, you know, somebody had to be there putting that thing together and making sure everything, you know, went according to plan so to speak yeah and when you finish top 10 nearly in in every category offensive line wise i think that you know the the job that he's done james camp was absolutely tremendous
1: honestly yeah i mean i agree because when we had the other quarterback a lot of people were shitting on the offensive line saying he didn't have time and they're the reason that passes are getting batted down but, I mean, they just completely pr- proved that to be wrong. Um, yeah. When you, at a certain point in the year, week after week, you're leading in every s- statistical category for that week, offensive line-wise, that just really puts all of those accusations to shit. Yeah, And so, and like you said, like, as a Carolina Panthers fan, like, back in the day, everybody, we always had a problem with the offensive line. Yeah. That was something that we always wanted to improve on. It just seemed to never happen. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think he came in and did a phenomenal job with with the offensive line, with Ick, um, Bradley Bowles, man. Like, a lot of guys that, you know, I hadn't really heard of, like a Brady Christian and, and guys of that nature, um, he really came in and just changed the, whole, changed the whole offensive line around. That's one of the reasons why we were able to go to a run-heavy team. Yep. Because in order to do that, you have to have guys up front that can block yes and those guys i mean they did a hell of a job blocking getting downfield and things of that nature so i I agree with that
0: facts facts okay let's wrap it up it's on you who's your mvp
1: (laughs) i i feel like jj (laughs) think i'm gonna go to a certain person which i already know who his mvp is (laughs) because i mean he didn't mention the guy and none of the other things but my mvp is jc horn um, oh, wow. <laughs>
0: wow. Yeah.
1: My, wow. My MVP is JC Horn. Um, and I won't really get into all the stats JJ name because I mean, those are already there for you. Just go and do your research. Um, when you have a guy that wants to to be on the best player on the field, that speaks volume to who that guy is. Um, his first year, he he broke his foot. And so he wasn't able to play. Um, he played, what, one or two games. So we didn't really know what to expect from JC. I mean, we all had in the back of our minds that he was that caliber guy, that he was going to be great. Um, and he came and did just that. Um, he's really a, a lockdown corner. And he has a gnat for the ball in the air. I mean, to have a corner that who can get physical with you, jam you off the line, but also go make a play when a ball is in the air and have short hands to... to get an interception uh, I think that just speaks a lot to to what he has done this year he was one of the guys that or the guy that held the defense together and when you go and look at the games that he was out when you go and look at that Tampa Bay game they torched our corners Mm -hmm. and MVP to me is like Obviously most valuable player But what does your team look like When that player is not on the field mm. When he's not on the field We look like shit mm. I mean that's, that's just evident When he's not on the field We get torched We get torched on the back end We've seen horrible games from Keith Taylor We've seen horrible games from C.J. Henderson But it's hard to find a bad game from J.C. Horn It's hard to find a bad game from J.C. Horn It's hard to find a game where a receiver just went And had his way with J.C. Horn Facts. You're not going to find that Facts and so that really solidified my decision, especially that Tampa Bay game when Tom threw for over 400. Mike <laughs> Evans had over 200 yards. Like that shit would not have happened with JC Horn on him. I'm sorry to say that shit would not have happened. That would not have went down that way. And if JC Horn would have played, we might have been in the playoffs. There's a very strong chance we would have been in the fucking playoffs. And so, right. <laughs> with, with with that being said, I I mean most valuable player has to go to JC. I mean, I could say Brian Burns, but I mean, to me, the reason why Brian Burns didn't get an award is not because his lack of play, uh, it's simply because I mean, the kind of year he had, I expect that out of Brian Burns, your contract year, go and make your money. He had 12 and a half sacks, um, top 10 in sacks this year. So, I mean, I, I could have went that way, but I mean, I, I had to look at the, the bigger picture. And where teams beat us the most was with our shitty cornerback play when JC Horn wasn't on the field, and so that's who my my MVP is. Yeah,
0: I, cool. <laughs> that, that's surprising. <laughs> that surprised me. I ain't gonna lie. I, I, you already know where I'm going.
1: With yeah, it. I already know.
0: You I, already know where I'm going with it. But I mean, shit. It can't. I actually. What I will say. What I will say though. What I like. Uh in your, you know, synopsis there was the <laughs> fact that you said what the team looked like when they weren't on the when they weren't on the field. And so when you say it like that, I mean JC J. Horn was wasn't a part of what two games, which you know, that's a huge huge upgrade from only being available for two games or three games whatever it was, but I like that I like that stance and I I, I like that pick because most valuable player, yeah. That 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 is I respect that decision. I respect yeah. <laughs> that. I respect that candidate. You almost make me want to change my list around. <laughs> you almost make me want to change my list around just based on the way you worded it and the way you put it. Um but my MVP is Frankie Louvu. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence, I just know Terrence is just hating right now, but it's okay. Um I like mean, like you mentioned earlier, what? You, I, what I was about to
1: say, I mean, I gave the guy defensive player of the year, so I, I'm <laughs> it's not in a way that I'm hating. I, I just feel like, I mean,
0: you be, you just be feeling like I'm dicky
1: Yeah, yeah. That, okay, fair enough. Lack like of better words, yes. Fair
0: enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um. Again, uh, another guy like like we talked about earlier, and like you said, you did give him his his uh, defensive player of the year, so I won't really you know jump too heavy in on the stats. I'll just reemphasize them real quick. Um, A guy that We really In my opinion Us as a collective Fan base wise We really weren't expecting A lot from Frankie Lufo You know we knew We knew he was a special teams guy But he was really never An upper echelon linebacker Um But I think that he came in And completely dismantled That narrative completely Uh Again, one... What was it? 119? I
1: think one, 111.
0: 111, yeah. 111, 19 TFL, seven sacks. Uh, created two turnovers with the forced fumble against the New Orleans Saints. Then an interception, the pick six against... Uh, Arizona. Yes. Um, and he is another guy I kind of, you know, to me, and I said this throughout the year, that I could feel when Frankie Luva was wasn't on the field. And that will kind of support... That, that What you said when What did your team look like When you're not on the field For me personally I could, I could feel when Frankie wasn't on the field And you know a lot of people will say That's because that's your favorite player Like that's who you're looking for et cetera. Et cetera. But no <clears throat> Because I feel like Though I You know My love for Frankie Lulu Has been voiced significantly on this podcast I also know that if you know me You know that I'm a huge football guy right so i'm able to though i can come on here and say this and that this and that when we're doing something like this i'm able to take that bias away um and i could feel it i, I think that his impact on the field is significant i feel as though the carolina panthers would be making a huge mistake to not attempt to uh, attempt to extend him this offseason um and i i predict that after next year he will be getting a, a huge bag because i don't think that with a full offseason, knowing what your role is, you know, when we do finally sign a head, uh, sign a head coach in the D.C. and you get a full offseason of that, I think there's no way um, that Frankie Louvoo doesn't improve. Again, another one of those people, like we talked about with J.C. Horn on this podcast and how I opened up another one of those guys that have a lot, a, a, a lot more sexy stat line than these other all pros and pro bowlers, again, I will never understand it. I I, I really won't. I'll never understand it. But Frankie Luvu is my team MVP this year. I think he had a hell of a year. Um, and I, I'm interested to see uh, what the rest of his career will look like for one, but on a smaller scale, what he'll look like next year. Um, you know, when we do whatever we're going to do draft-wise and off-season-wise and all, all of this. It, it's been exhausting. Yeah. It's been exhausting already, and I'm going to save this for um, the next thing that we do, but this whole thing has been extremely exhausting, Um, and I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah, I guess to support your argument, we did lose the two games that he didn't play, but, I mean, I don't think he would have really made a big difference because we lost to San Fran, and we lost to – uh, the Rams, but we just completely that Rams game plan. I don't know what that yeah. was, but yeah, we we did lose those games that he wasn't on the field. So, kind of in the same boat with JC,
0: for sure, for sure. And um, also a- another supporting detail, I guess you could say, is that whole a hundred a hundred tackles or a, or more than a hundred tackles and more than seven sacks, like that in itself hasn't been done in twenty one years. So, like, how this guy couldn't be an all-pro? How this guy isn't a a, a, a a pro bowler? I don't understand. And I'm not going, you know, I'm not even going to get into it like that, but I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I understand that we're, we're not one of those franchises that has a huge following, a huge fan base. We don't have the Super Bowls that, you know, these other franchises and, and teams do or whatever. But at some point, the, the respect has to be given.
1: And that's simply the reason like really that that's all i could boil it down to because i was telling one of my boys that the other day as i was uh reading out the stats because he thought i was crazy when i was like oh frankie louisville got snubbed from the all pro list but then that same list that we we both have and just reading out the stats versus those guys that did make it he was like oh yeah that's that's wild and so i think it just simply boils down to to what team he plays for because i mean if he was playing on a team like baltimore or cincinnati or uh the chiefs or the eagles like one of those teams that's solidified in the league then he would he would have made all pro list easily he would have made the pro bowl easily but it's simply because he plays for the carolina panthers which is a sad reality but we just don't have respect in the league yep. it, it just really boils down to that because i mean if you go and look at stats like that and just say that Oh, that's nothing. That guy shouldn't be up for any kind of award. Um, he shouldn't be recognized on on any type of level as far as all pro or pro bowl. Like, it's just complete like it's complete bullshit. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um and that gets exhausting as well, but this is the life that we chose, brother. Yeah,
1: pretty much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the life that we chose. But that is all I have. Again, this was our our um, or award show, I guess you could say, um, but I enjoyed it. I will say, bro, you surprised me. You surprised me with a couple <laughs> of your picks. I ain't gonna lie. Like I, don't, I'm very surprised Brian Burns didn't end up on your list somewhere.
1: I mean, I, I already know that he's just that guy, so I feel like I don't have to come in and and really and really say that because I mean, the other day as I was naming out the the tackles and shit like that, uh, uh more than the players that. You try to compare him to your guys and shit like that. Like, he just really shitted on them this year. That That's all I have to say regarding that. Like, with tackles, he didn't have as many sacks as them. But if, if you hear from some people, he, he doesn't do anything on the field. Like, he doesn't oh make that God. big of an impact. But the stats say otherwise. But that's another story for another day. But, yeah, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you have it, bro. I'm going to let you have it today.
0: Um, but yeah, we do appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, we'll be doing stuff uh, stuff like this all throughout the off season. Um, we're actually about to record a another segment. Y'all hear these at two different times, um, and it'd be two different videos or whatever may have you. Um, but we're gonna continue to do videos like this, especially once we finally find a head coach. We'll you know we'll we'll do a emergency podcast, so to speak, quote unquote. Um, once that is finalized uh, the draft things of that nature so this this has been fun this has yeah. been fun I mean we take all of the emotions out because we didn't play this week obviously yeah, yeah. Um, and just talk Panther football man just talk Panther football so yeah. uh, we do appreciate you guys being here um, again subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already at the G2S Network follow um, on Instagram TikTok at for Panthers fans only and again thank you all for being
1: here I'm your host, JJ. I'm your co-host, Terrence. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, Continue to support. I mean, we're going to, like JJ said, we're going to continue bringing content to you guys. Um, But, yeah, it's been a great season. I mean, we're not going anywhere. We're we're still here. So, we appreciate y'all.
0: Absolutely. We'll talk to you guys soon.